check check it's ever wow what's up everybody <laughs> <laughs> we're back for the fifth six <laughs> sixth episode of the fresh start podcast um we're here with the sober legend gentry man the bottle flips let's get into it the bottle flips it's my thing kind of like a fucking sensei out here trying to be <laughs> <laughs> um what got you into the bottle flips man um i was doing it when i was younger but not really that heavy yeah um because it seems like you really picked up on it the last i don't even know how i got into it for real i think i just like when i was younger i could like Every once in a while, when I would try it, I would end up doing a cool one. So mm-hmm. I feel like it was always kind of like in me that I could do something like cool with it. But I feel like coming to Sky, just being around creative people, kind of like brought it back into my mind a little bit. Really, it was yeah. just being bored, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it was like really that. just like this summer, like just like not cranking out as many videos as I wanted to. Yeah. And I was like broke, so I was just buying a lot of like V8 juice at the store mm-hmm. and that was like it i was just buying like juice and like very minimal food so i was like yeah. all right let's just like flip these bottles when they're done <laughs> hey i feel it you've had uh some pretty crazy flips that i've seen uh and you're always posting them on your stories whether it be instagram or snapchat and yeah yeah uh one of my favorite ones is the trampoline to the roof of whatever oh, that yeah, is yeah yeah it's a little studio actually like 20 30 yards or some yeah, shit something that's crazy, yeah. wild bro yeah but do you do that in like one try or is that, it like multiple like times or something like that 10 20 tries because <laughs> yeah. every time i show someone your videos people are like yo that's a weighted bottle you got like that's a trick bottle no. i'm like <laughs> And like I had to go and like break it down. Like, look, there's different caps. <laughs> <laughs> this nigga really does this shit. Right? Because somebody was telling tell me I had a magnet in the bottom. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Some of them videos like probably is a little bit of luck. You know what I mean? And then some of them take longer than they should. Some of them I land them before the camera's rolling, mm-hmm. and then like it t- takes me like an hour once the camera's actually rolling. Some of them are first try, you know? Yeah. Most of them I can, like, envision it in my head, but sometimes you just, like, can't really execute it because, like, every other try you might lose a little bit of water or the bottle might deform or something. The bottom mm-hmm. the bottom of the bottle is not flat no more or something like that, yeah. you know? So, I mean, I got straight into the uh, bottle flips and stuff, but um, people don't know. For people that don't know, um, you're part of a group called the 270 Montage? Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. what is that? Um, so I, I made the two, it's like the 270 montage is like my group. Like I started it when I was like 11. So I mm-hmm. guess I started when I was like in sixth grade and what it was, was, um, I had a YouTube channel when I was in like, when I was like 10 and, um, well, I guess when I was 11 and I wasn't supposed to have a YouTube channel, <laughs> my parents were not having it. That, um, and it, but the YouTube channel was like Gentry Jefferson and I had like hundreds of videos on there. I was like editing like like little skateboard videos and like self film stuff. I pretty much filmed everything on my laptop. I would literally like put my laptop on like top of a dumpster and like film with the webcam. And I was literally (laughs) just like in my backyard skating. Do you remember your uh, first video? Yeah, I don't remember what it was called, but I I remember it. It was like a little, my parents both had iPhone like twos or threes or something. (laughs) And like they would always film me whenever we would go to the skate park. And I just kind of made like some 
crappy little video with like a song that like came on my computer like it was just some random little techno song that came yeah. with the computer that i got but long story short my parents found that youtube channel and were like what are you doing like <laughs> your name's yeah. all over this like our house is all over this the our internet hometown. is forever yeah they're like you can't be doing this so i literally deleted like so many videos like i deleted like a couple hundred videos changed my youtube name and i was like okay what should i call it and isn't like, that crazy too how anti-internet everybody was and now right that yeah, seems like those are going to be the only type of you know major careers moving right. forward but most of my videos were just like montage like you know they were just things put together mm -hmm. and um what is the 270 is that just everyone a, always asks me that and it's like it's the way that i look at it is kind of like you can kind of decide what it means but also it's kind of like an evolving meaning you know like mm -hmm. initially the meaning was like 270 is like a trick on like a skateboard and it's like a trick on a scooter and a bike and stuff like that. But also, over the years, I realized, like, if you go to any skate park in Maryland, and that's where I'm from, uh, you have to get on Interstate 270. So you have to get on that highway that's to dope. go to, like, any skate park. And, like, the meaning just kind of evolves, like, every couple years. It kind of just changes. And I, don't, and I continually, like, think it's going to keep changing. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So you said you were uh, from Maryland. What, what, was, what was it like growing up there? Um, so I'm in like a part of Maryland that most people wouldn't think about. Like when everyone thinks about Maryland, they either think about like Ocean City near the beach or they think about um, like near Baltimore. Mm -hmm. But I actually live like pretty much on the state line between Maryland, Pennsylvania and West Virginia. So I live like two, three miles from Pennsylvania and I live like five, ten miles from West Virginia. So it's not even really like Maryland. It's kind of like farmland country land it doesn't yeah. it doesn't really feel like maryland because it's at like the very end of it the very start of like western maryland but um it was cool it was like slow but like at the same time it's like all i knew so it wasn't really slow it was like normal right. you know, i didn't really know what slow was you know, yeah until i came here <laughs> but um i mean it was tight for the most part but i feel like it's because i didn't know what i was like missing out on you know but i actually just went home like last week i was there for like two weeks and it was chill to be back. It's just, it's different. All those videos that you were uh, posting at the skate park, was that in Maryland? Yeah, so those were, yeah, those were in Maryland. Okay. Yeah, you were practicing, you've been practicing all summer, like pretty hard. Then. Yeah, well, honestly, what happened was I, I went home and um, I didn't have a car in Savannah this summer, so I wasn't riding as much. But then when I went home, I got a car, so I was like, just like, okay, cool. I was kind of eager to like go out and just like, kind of like get out. Yeah, yeah just I know out. how that goes. You yeah. know, especially coming off of uh, shoot, I couldn't drive for like a year and a half because of suspended license. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I got my license back, you know, you're yeah. trying to go every which way so you can. So you didn't drive at all. Hey, <laughs> I, don't, I don't break no laws. <laughs> but yeah, I was just driving around really, and like, um, and in Maryland, like. What's different about Maryland versus Savannah is like in Savannah, there's like, or like in, in Georgia, I guess there's a lot of parks, but like you kind of have to travel a lot to go to certain skate parks. But in Maryland, you can probably drive like an hour and a half away from your house. And then like on the way home, you might hit like three, four or five skate parks, like back to your house. So I was kind of just doing that a little bit. So how did you get into skating? Like initially? Um, I've, it's funny. I've always been like around things with like wheels. I feel like a lot of people in Savannah don't really... They see me on the scooter and stuff, but like it's a lot deeper than that. Cause um, 
I actually went to, I'm on this guy's bike racing team, mm-hmm. and I went to um, a high school in Virginia for bike racing. So I've always been around, like, wheels. So I think just, like, my dad used to race bikes, and my dad's, like, one of the, one of a bigger um, bike race announcers in, like, the United States. So I think just, like, consistently going to bike races, you would see people on, like, BMX bikes, you would see skaters, you would, just being around wheels, I just kind of had to do a little bit of it all. Yeah. So I was, like, I started off biking, and then... You know, we would go to like bike races. There might be a skate park like near the bike race or something. It was just kind of like, okay, I'm, I can ride a bike. Let's see if I can skate. You know, yeah. my parents always bought me stuff like that. You know, they would give me skateboards, they give me new bikes, give me scooters. So it's kind of just always around it. So for the people listening, it may be a little bit hard to uh, keep up with us. <laughs> so you do, <clears throat> you you ride scooters. Yeah. Sponsor that. You ride bikes. Yeah. Make videos. Yeah. Flip <laughs> bottles. Yeah. Skate what a little up? bit, roll you know blade a little bit. Like what else is in your portfolio there? <laughs> um I mean photography, editing. Event uh, planning. Yeah. You wanna talk about that? Yeah. What else did I do? I mean I ran cross country in high school. You, wow, I'd never understand people like what, what is the motivation? <laughs> Truly explain what is the motivation behind cross country. Like I don't see no reward in that shit. Like you were just dying. Slowly. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know. It's uh, it was just one of those things. But, but I mean, I did a lot. I mean, like, I'm like I'm a lifeguard. Um, I played a little bit of like, I got I did like tennis and gymnastics when I was like really young. I I almost got my black belt in karate, but I broke my leg like literally mm. like a couple months before I was supposed to get my black belt, but. I've done a little bit of everything, but I think I always have like gravitated more towards like digital stuff and like action sports and stuff like that. Just because I was able to kind of do like two in one, I could like skate but also film stuff. You know, is there a singular career that you're pursuing? Because I mean, you do a, you have a very diverse um, skill set. Um, I mean, there becomes a point where it's like, even if you have like a diverse skill set, you kind of need to like figure out what not realistically but like what at this at this certain point in time could really help you and like your family and stuff because like Mm. sure i could maybe like love riding scooters more than anything but is like riding scooters realistically gonna like support myself and like put Mm. food in my cabinets and like help my family i'll tell you i've never seen nobody ride a scooter like you do (laughs) i'll tell you out there though that is true i'm just i'm gonna give you your props you'd be going crazy like appreciate it like, um, I didn't even think niggas rode scooters like that. Like, I'm like go to the skate park and hit a half pipe with a scooter. I'm That's like, wild. Yeah. <laughs> it's popping other places. I mean, it was the number one sport in Australia for like a while. That's crazy. And then surfing like overtook it. But if you go to New York, like you'll see like people going crazy. New Jersey yeah. is popular. Arizona, California. There's just like little pockets, but in the South, it's like it's like nothing. But I guess if there's one thing that like I would do out of all of them is definitely like film but i think like the event organizing just because i can still do the film and it's like it leads me to all the connections to continue film yeah so i think film they kind of go hand in hand yeah i think it's going to be like you know but realistically i want to do everything you know Mm. i want to do a little bit of it all but i think what's really going to allow me to support myself support my family and stuff will definitely be like anything event and film related so, like, in the aspect of, like, event planning, can you talk about Global and, like, where Global came from? Like, what it is and where it came from? Yeah. Um, so, Global was, like, 
I guess it initially was like a party and was gravitating currently to like a festival. Um, but what it was, was it was just me being inspired by like Savannah. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, coming from a small town and then coming to Savannah, most people call Savannah a small town, but for me it isn't. Um, and just seeing so many creatives and seeing so many like people that have talent, I didn't want like anyone to like let their talent go to waste. So right. I wanted there to be mm-hmm. like a central area where people from all over like the globe can come in and like show what they got right. you know mm-hmm. um and like the initial name of global came because the first global event we had a dj from georgia southern savannah state and scad mm-hmm. so like you know a dj from each university right. in savannah just kind of coming from all different perspectives um and then gradually we bounced off of that and we're like, okay, let's get people from different countries that go to SCAD and mm-hmm. let's get people from different parts of the world and let's just get different types of art, different types of music. And um, and the first one was at your house, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first so one. So how was, was that? Uh, it was all right. I mean, I got fined. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said I got fined. <laughs> yeah, I got fined. Back home. Everyone, like, thought I got arrested. Right. You know, um, but, I mean, it was worth it. I mean, I knew something crazy like that was going to happen. Mm. But um, it was kind of what we had to do. We had some venue spaces intact, and we had some bigger houses intact, and they kind of folded. So we had to drop my address literally, like, a couple hours before the party started. Fuck. Yeah. And then um, my roommates were, like, super, like, stressing, like, mm-hmm. real hard. Because they were like, as long as, like, you know, there's not over, like, 100 people would be good. And then, like... 500 people later. Like, right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's too fucking late. Yeah, yeah. It's um, too many people. <laughs> but I mean, nothing, um, nothing went wrong. I told them, I was like, I got it. You know, I live here too. I don't want anything crazy going down. Right. Um, but um, it was cool though. I mean, the cops did like walk up in the house and mm-hmm. like everyone kind of like got frantic, but like no one got hurt. Everyone was safe and, you know. It was on your birthday too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like it was actually the day after my birthday, but yeah, I mean, I mean, either way, still, uh, you know, about four or five hundred people for your birthday and your first yeah, that's pretty little lit. event. Yeah, that's a good start. It was cool. I mean, like my house is really small, so it needed to be in the backyard. But then we really wanted to expand on that. Cause right. We were like, we saw what we could do, and people told us what we could do. So the next move was definitely like a venue space. Um, mm-hmm. And then now we're really pushing to you know, bring it to other colleges and other universities around right. the states. And then we're also trying to push it, you know, to be like as where Rolling Loud is, you know, but mm-hmm. we're really trying to focus on the college aspect as well. Cause I feel like Rolling Loud, something like that is dope, but it doesn't focus on college. It focuses nah. on like just artists and music or just artists. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to like, I would love to bring global to like major universities and like right. even smaller universities. It's a nice way to uh, lock up business too. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I would love to br- drag that around. Um, but the next one that we're planning is going to be even more diverse. You know, I think that Savannah is very diverse. Mm-hmm. And I think that Savannah is also very segregated. So we're really trying to grasp different ends and different areas of Savannah and different types of music. We're going to have some slower music. We're going to have some reggae music. We're just trying to mm-hmm. really show, like, everything that Savannah has to offer. Because long story short, that what that's what Global is, is, like, I'm just trying to show what people don't see. Right. Because you know? I think Global was, like, dope. Especially, like, if it was somebody who, like, 
is not from Savannah yeah. was to just like walk in there and see what the fuck was going on. It was like so many different elements um, of things that were put together. And to be honest, I did not expect that. But that's like the first type of event that I've seen in Savannah where it's like literally like diverse from like all different types of artists from all different like types of places. Um, and the shit was fun and it was dope as fuck. You know it looked crazy from um, it was wild. all the highlight videos as well. <laughs> like that. I think that's the greatest or the craziest part about it is you could see how diverse it was mm-hmm. from the highlights. Mm-hmm. So to see that in the video, I can only imagine how fun it was to actually be there. You yeah. know, you guys had fire breathers, you had Fucking people doing shout graffiti, out the alley. graffiti. You got um you guys are breaking stages, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like skateboarding. You know, so yeah. yeah, you have people skateboarding while people are performing. Yeah. Um a little bit of everything yeah. possible. But like you're saying, you're like saying if a person who wasn't from Savannah came, I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of how it evolved is like I wasn't from Savannah. Right. So when I came to Savannah, that's that's like what the vision I got. That's know? dope, like man. Coming to SCAD and just walking around Savannah, I was like, bro, like you literally see all different types of the world here. Mm-hmm. People are just doing a little bit of everything. It's like, been like a common thread for like the people that have been on the podcast about how like segregated <sighs> Savannah is. Yeah, like. Especially, like, in the aspect of, like, um, like, SCAD and then Savannah as a whole. Um, They're two different things. Yeah. I mean, SCAD is kind of responsible for that, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to kind of break those boundaries and break those barriers without, without making any discomfort. Right. Just trying to make things, like, safe and just kind of, like, make things cool. Because, I mean, I feel like it's. It's not like segregated for no reason. You know, mm-hmm. there's obviously reasons, and there's obviously unsafe parts of town that don't mm-hmm. want to associate with the safe parts of town. There's obviously like long lost history of beef and stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's reasonings behind it, but I feel like there can be some barriers can be broken down now and Very some much later. So. Mm-hmm. You know? so when is the next global coming? Um, we're definitely planning on doing it sometime in the fall. Um, only for the simple fact of you know our Winter break is like two months long, so we don't want to leave people waiting for too long. Two months long. Our shit starts like what? It starts before, before Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, and then we get back like in January. Yeah, like what? January tenth. Our shit is long as hell. That's wild. <laughs> shit is so long. Our yeah, summer's long as hell like too. Two months and just. Well, it's three months. It's like a quarter. It's just three months, yeah, and then so we get a break. School for ten weeks, and then we get off for like. Like a month, and then go back. Or not a month, it's probably like a couple weeks, probably like two or three weeks, and then we go back. That's crazy. And then for like the summer, like our class is in, in May? No, because yeah. we, we get off the whole entire month of December mm-hmm. and part of November and like part of January. So mm-hmm. it's like six or seven weeks or something like that. It's See, I went to full sale and they give you like six days. You know what I'm saying? Nah, our summers are long as fuck too. We get out of class in like May, don't go back till September. But at the same time, like the way they run it there is you don't do summer break or you don't do your major breaks in two years, you can have a bachelor's degree. So, Uh, okay. That's That's lit. Yeah. I I like these breaks, so I can't cap. Scat is fucking stressful. (laughs) Stressful as hell. I understand that. So, uh, let's see, we covered the skating, we covered the. Flips and global. Flips and global. You talk about biking for real. That's biking. Yeah, cycling. What? Yeah, that's like one thing that I haven't shown as much as I would have liked to in yeah. Savannah. Um, like, if you would have met me, like, before I came to SCAD, that's like what I was doing all day long. That was your number one hobby back in the day? Yeah, just because I was going to school for it. and um, me You're going to school for cycling? Yeah, I was in high school for cycling. Yeah. How's that? 
there's a there's a couple of different like boarding schools and programs like that are usually in schools in the mountains and basically they'll just like build mountain bike trails on campus or they'll like be located near ski resorts and stuff and you just kind of like every day you just go out and just like the school will literally give you a scholarship to race for them that's fucking crazy i mean that's what i do for scott as well um really yeah i didn't even know they yeah had um, that. they have like white sports i can't cap they have white sports they have like sure. fucking lacrosse and they don't have like basketball so football shit like that um, really <laughs> i guess cycle culture for me um like what what is the preparation like what is the uh events like so the the reasoning why you haven't seen me doing a whole lot of it recently is because it's it's literally probably one of the most time consuming mm. sports like mm. ever, and it's probably the, one of the, like the more expensive ones besides like equestrian. I mean, if you show up to a race, there's gonna be a handful of people with like ten thousand dollar bikes or five thousand dollar bikes or something. I mean, oh. and it's a very oh. it's a very like it's a very um, tedious sport. Like everyone wants to have the best equipment and look the best and present themselves the best. And it's, um, it's what I mean by it's very time consuming is if you're doing it right, you're, you know, sleeping a certain way, you're eating a certain way. Mm -hmm. You're even like walking a certain way. You know, you don't want to get injured. You know, you want to be in like your fullest form all the time. You're not skating. Yeah. You're not skating. (laughs) It changes like your whole lifestyle. Scooters on half pipes. You're not going to events. Like, you know, you're not staying up late. You're not partying. It's a very, you know, go to sleep early, eat this, get up early you know people shave their legs you know so if they crash they don't want to get like infections from like ingrown hairs and stuff like that people shave their arms because they think that it's faster which mm. scientists say that it is but it's such a small like yeah. it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> and then you know people it's a very i mean like some of the students at scad probably ride three to four hours or you know two to four hours every morning and then um yeah that's maybe even ride later on that day and you know at scad our races are all far away um now explain the races for me is it like is it a time thing is it a lap thing it's just a distance what are these i'm more short distance and what i mean by that is i do this um i do this sport called cyclocross which is pretty much cross-country running but with a bike Mm -hmm. so you're pretty much riding on like grass terrain riding in a little bit of mud, a little bit of snow, a little bit of rain, stuff like that. And then um, you get off your bike every once in a while. They'll like kind of like maneuver the course in ways to where they'll slow down your momentum before like a big hill or before like a jump or something like that. So you kind of have to get off your bike. Jump? Yeah, like they'll put like little tiny jumps or something okay. like that or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> but they'll put steep hills and they'll maneuver the course in a way to where like you literally can't ride your bike up the hill. So mm-hmm. you have to get off and like run up the hill. So that's so, a normal thing is hopping off the bike. Yeah. So they'll that's make, allowed. They'll, I suppose yeah, you're they'll make slower, it so basically so. like 25% of the course you have to run and then the other 75 what? you ride. The fuck? Yeah. Oh, and no. It's also it's like, it's, it's a, like national championships for that discipline is in, um, the, is in January. And mm. world is in December, and world championships is in January, and it's a European sport. So, you know, worlds might be in Belgium. So, if you're racing in Belgium in January, it's just gonna be snowing or raining, right. super cold. You know, um, so the courses are typically always muddy because if it rains a little bit and a thousand people are riding through the grass over and over again, you're just gonna keep going lower and lower in the ground. Mm-hmm. It's just gonna keep on getting like wetter and soupier and stuff. But the races are. Cyclocross is a timed thing, so you race for 45 minutes or you race for an hour. 
Um, but then there also are time trials where they just say you're racing from point A to point B, and then you know whoever has the quickest time wins, and everyone just kind of goes like like you go, and then I go like two minutes later. For the um like the forty five uh, hour races, how do you classify who's first? Like what is so everyone starts at the same time. Now is that like I guess like is it a circuit? Like is this on the yeah, track? Yeah, and so you might do like how many laps you can get done? Might do is like let's say you you go around the first lap and you have like a 10 minute lap mm. they might calculate that and say okay if the you know the race is 50 minutes we're gonna you guys got five laps you know that's how many you're gonna do so pay, mm. pretty much they base your first lap time and they're like okay this is how long it took them to do it so they're probably gonna be able to do this many laps and then they'll put up a lap board and then everyone knows okay i got four or five six laps left um, but yeah, everyone starts at the same time and it's just like cross country running how when they say go It's like you're not looking back. It's just like mm. you're just going mm. crazy until the finish line What is the are there a lot of tracks around here? Um No, nah, not really. No in Savannah even with scad Nah, bike like bike racing is very like slow around here. It's not It's not ideal because there's no hills and um, we're near the beach So everything's kind of like sandy and stuff like that, yeah. you know but I mean, it's especially cool. with it being uh, so swampy. Yeah. And but just coming from like I was, I went to a school in the mountains, like in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, like on the base of like a ski resort. Mm. So we could literally go climb up a hill for four hours and then turn around and come back down the hill for one hour, and that would be our day. And it would just be such a workout, just being able to go climb up a ski resort or something, mm -hmm. or go to the ski resort and then, you know, ride on this like on the snowboard like jumps and stuff like yeah. on the snowboard tracks like um on our bikes and stuff like that um it's just cool so but it's it's different but i mean some people like it here some people hate hills you know but i i i'm a climber so i like going uphill you know so i would rather be somewhere with hills but so how are your parents as far as support and all the different things that you've been doing right now um it's like kind of like it's like a weird relationship. Yeah. Um, I would say they definitely, they definitely support what I do, but there's definitely like a lot of miscommunication sometimes, and there's definitely like, um, it's just kind of confusing sometimes. But I mean, I would say for the most part, they, they support what I do, um, but I think they support some of the things that they like that I do more than I like than what I do. So it's like I like, <laughs> I like filming more than I like biking but they support my biking more than they support my filming you know what I mean do you think um it's do you think the support's necessary biking for just like do you think it matters at the end of the day it just the support of having the support of your parents just depend oh support yeah like um, their blessing I guess yeah of course yeah, yeah. um if I they mean, told you to stop global Tomorrow, no, would you do that? <laughs> but I mean, like, I think, I think that, like, I think I have the type of parents that are never going to stop supporting me. Um, like, they're really good people. And I feel like even if I was doing things that they did not want me to do, I feel like at the end of the day, they know that I'm their son. And I feel like they're, I feel like they're still going to support me no matter what, because they do care about me a lot. But I feel like that, um, I just feel like they support the things that I, that are not my priority as much. And I think it's because that... Do they know that it's not your priority? Well, you know, it's, been, it's mainly just because my dad grew up bike racing and he knows how good I am and how good I can be on the bike. 
But I think what it was was there was a lot of support and pressure put into biking from him that it kind of like drove me away from it a little bit. That happens a lot. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. But I mean, I still love biking, but I just feel like there became a point where it was like, I did it for so long and was around it for so long. Of course, like any kid's going to want to look for an alternative just for like, just to try something yeah. new. And, you know, I, I bounced, I bounced off of biking, you know, and I filmed a lot of bike races for a while, you know, and I'm still in school for biking. I go to a school that has a bike racing team and a film program, you know, um, but like I said, they support my film and they support my scooter. They support bottle flips. They literally support everything that I do. Like if my scooter <laughs> broke tomorrow, my parents would definitely help me like figure out how I can get a new one. That's dope, If my bike broke tomorrow, they would figure out how they can give me a new bike. You know? That's awesome. Like they, they support everything that I do. They just um, support some things more than the others. But that's because, um, you know, obviously it doesn't, Every parent has their dreams yeah. for their kids. Yeah, of course. You know? And obviously it doesn't sound realistic for, if somebody said, okay, where are you going to make a career out of? Biking or water bottle flips? Like, <laughs> most people are going to be like, probably biking. I mean, I go to yeah. school for biking, not flipping bottles. You yeah. know I mean? <laughs> you know? But shit, nowadays, man, the world's so crazy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll have more questions for Gentry and a little more info on Global. This is Fresh Start Radio. And we're back. Um, so we were just talking off camera about uh, your drive and the physical and mental demand for just the, all the different activities that you'd be doing. Yeah. Um, from the very active with the cycling and stuff, you say it's time consuming just because of the amount of rest and the... Uh, tr true training that you have to do with it yeah to bounce from that to staying up all night and hitting all these different events being a videographer like how do you stay up bro like honestly because i see you everywhere and it seems like you're never just chilling in one spot for more than an hour and you're sober yeah. all the time so yeah <laughs> and, like, and I, that's another thing i wanted to bring up um and i know you may hate people uh even bringing it up or making no, it a cool. thing, cool. but uh, it is a thing, and it is uh, something that I think should be showcased and uh, praised, to be honest, because in an age of Lil Pump and all this <laughs> other shit, you know, you got, no, you, you really got damn near six-year-olds glorifying, popping yeah. pills and doing all this yeah. other shit, mm -hmm. and to see you come, just to see you work is inspiring. Appreciate you know, because I feel I know a lot of us feel that we can't uh, operate or may feel like we can't even go out and socialize without having some type of one of those vices, you know. Yeah. And what is what is that? What is it like being? Sober, I guess you have no drive. Like you have no drive for none of that. Like, the thing is, is like, it's like asking me what it feels like to be sober can't really even be answered because I've never been messed up. You've never drank. You've no. never nothing. No. But I guess more so, like, where does the desire come from to not do it? Because it's not like you're not around it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um. Well. 
for a while I wasn't around it. Mm. I mean, my ter- my parents, um, they loved me and they're they wanna you know, they always wanted to make sure that I was around the right people and they always wanted to make sure that I wasn't they they knew that I wasn't gonna get into anything crazy, but they didn't mm. want me to be around people that would give me the ability to do anything crazy. Right. So, um, you know, I never saw, you know I never even saw like a alcohol like until I was like at in college, you know. So your parents don't drink either. Um, I mean, like if we went to like a Mexican restaurant or something. Oh, okay, like but they didn't have it in the house or like anything never, like that. I never have seen my parents drunk, and they mm. never just like drink randomly. So it's like whenever they would drink, it wouldn't even register in my head that it was alcohol because okay. it's so casual. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but and I never saw people. I was never in an area where people were drunk, and I never saw anyone smoking weed. I barely even saw people smoke cigarettes or anything like that. So That's wild. I just wasn't <laughs> around it. And then I went to a boarding school where people people did that stuff at my boarding school, but it wasn't as heavy as it would have been if um, it would have been like in a public high school. Mm-hmm. And plus, um, my school was very isolated. So actually, I had never been to a house party or a concert or an event until I came to SCAD. Wow. So I had never been at like a function where that was like a thing. Right. So how was it the first time that you saw all of that like in the same space? Because it's not only weed and alcohol. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Um, I, it was. I mean, it's whatever. I mean, I think the, the reason why I don't do it is because it was like okay, it, you know, I, I come to SCAD, 18 years old. I go to my first house party, or whatever. It's like okay, if I haven't needed to do this for 18 years why would i need to do it just because it's like right in front of me right you know like there's people out there that that smoke weed but they're not just gonna do crack just because somebody puts it right in front that's a hard lift even the fact that uh you're not even curious to just just try it even like even just and I'm not talking, you know, go fucking shoot up. That's like the big, that's like the big um, topic is it's like, why aren't you curious? But I think people always forget that, like, there's things that they're not curious in doing. Right. You know what I mean? True. Um, um, and it, for me, it's just one of those things that's like, I'm not curious because, I mean, of course I'm curious. Like, you know, like, obviously I don't know that feeling. So I'm like, oh, what does it feel like? But, mm-hmm. you know. You also see from being a videographer how stupid people can get. But I also see how it can help people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I see both sides. Um, I think it's one of those things where it's just like, I just don't, I just don't really like, just feel like doing it. If I ever do feel like doing it, I'm going to do it. You know, if I yeah. feel like drinking or feel like smoking, I'm like I will, I'm not like against it. But I think it was just a combination between never being around it. So I didn't need it. And mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, now it's here, but it's like, I don't need it. And also, there there isn't as much peer pressure as you think either because, you know, if you, for example, like if you see me running an event like Global, nobody's first instinct is just going to be like, this man's really sober right now. <laughs> but if I was like standing in the corner all awkwardly, then of course, like somebody's going to want to like offer me a drink. But if I'm like turning up or if I'm on the microphone or if I'm in the middle of the mosh pit, it's not your first instinct to be like, oh, this kid's probably sober. Do you think the videography and all that helps with it? Because it keeps you busy. Because I think that's that's another part of, you know, why people have such a hard time. Um, it's the standing around being socially awkward mm-hmm. versus you, on the other hand, are always doing something in the party. Yeah. You know? uh, I mean, I just don't really care if somebody. Have you like, gone to parties and just chilled? Like, I, for the most part, I see you always doing some type of video work. Um, 
for the whole entire first semester at SCAD, I didn't even bring my camera to a single party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so for like the first 10 weeks, um, I was just chilling and just dancing and just having a good time. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I just don't. I just don't have the desire to like if literally if you put like 30 cans of beer on this table right now I wouldn't even like I wouldn't think about drinking it just doesn't come to my head like when I go to a party and people are smoking and drinking it doesn't even like register like oh maybe you know I just don't even care it just doesn't even matter you know do you have uh any siblings yeah I have a twin sister okay uh does she drink or smoke I don't know. She goes to school in Maryland, so oh, I don't even know what she's got going on. I mean, I presume not, but I don't know. Maybe. That you know if she doesn't do yeah, that stuff. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's cool. Um, let's see. What else do we got to get into? Um, I think we're good. I, like, touched on, like, everything. Yeah. <laughs> Extensively. <laughs> so we got global Globals in October. Where is that going to be at? Um, we're shooting for the same location as last year at the stables, but we might bounce around. We never know. Hopefully it'll be in October. We're looking around trying to get around midterms and finals. Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. Um, I wanted to ask him about the stables. So your relationship with them is still like, okay, cool, 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 We just broke a half. People were acting like I could. Okay, no, no cap. That's how everybody was, though. They were wilding. (laughs) For people that don't know, what happened last time? We were just turning up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's a very big... All so, right, so I'm, I'm going to throw the video. <laughs> that shit was crazy, though. That shit was terrifying. So we were just turning up on this wooden half pipe that was the stage, and... Uh, just one of the sides broke, you know, um, and it was more or less just like a courtesy thing. It was like, you know, I'm I'm borrowing something from somebody and I want to give it back to them in the yeah. same condition, if not better than right. how they gave it to me. So it's like, you know, realistically, we could have had the party keep going. Sure. But then maybe something else would have broken. People would have thought it would have been acceptable or, you know, s- luckily nobody got hurt, but somebody could have gotten hurt. Because people were like standing and sitting on there, too. Yeah, like yeah. it just happened to be like luck that nobody was on that shit when it broke. Well, people were no, on that no, They were. It looked like okay. It was like- there was like 30 15 or something. Did they yeah. fall? Yeah. So yeah. what happened was there was like at it least was like lit. 10, 20, 30 <laughs> people like standing on this ledge just jumping. And then got you. But like luckily like nobody got hurt. But like somebody could have easily like broke a leg, broken an arm. Yeah. Like, so it was kind of like, okay, we need Is to it like. Honestly, a huge blessing that no one got hurt. Yeah, of course. Because we were in the back and like I just remember hearing it. And I was like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. And then it was like, yeah, this shit's over. Now I was like, oh, shit. It's niggas breaking shit per right. usual. Yeah, uh, <laughs> at what time did they shut it down, too? Um, it but, was like 12. And the event was going to end at 1230 anyways. Yeah. Um, but the only bummer was that Devin and Jeremiah were supposed to have their DJ sets mm. uh, for the last 30 minutes. And yeah. the first global, the same thing happened. The cops came and they didn't get to perform either. <laughs> Damn. So, like. The two globals that we had are, you know, our two DJs that were supposed to go didn't get to go. So you got to put them first next yeah. time. You know, all things aside, that's kind of a dope ass way to end the party. You know. Yeah, yeah. Of course. And you know, like that'll spread uh, word of mouth to everybody. You know, that shit was crazy. Yeah, I mean, the like, first bro. part. But everybody was, was pleased though. Like regardless, yeah. like everybody was but like, it, yeah, it that shit was dope. Add, like, uh, 
it, a hype factor yeah, to it. Because no. the first party literally like we were turning up and then all of a sudden there was a cop on the stage. They were just like, <laughs> what oh. the fuck? <laughs> so everyone just ran out. <laughs> <laughs> like 12 in this bitch. <laughs> and then all of a sudden people see me like getting like dragged into a cop car. And then everyone's just like, oh, that's lit. Like, this, it's his good birthday. And like, everyone's like, that's tight. And then the second one, it was literally just like, the fact that people didn't really know what happened, just yeah. being like, yeah, yeah, like a bunch of kids just like fell and just ate it and like something broke. Like, the, we broke the stage and that's why I ended. It was just kind of like, it adds like, makes it more Mystery fact. You know? yeah, yeah, it yeah. makes it kind of cool. But um, I think that's what, I, th- I think it makes the event like more raw, makes it like more authentic. I feel like everything in Savannah kind of like house party event wise happens like that. And I feel like it, it makes it sound like cooler. It's like, oh yeah, we turned it up so hard. Like yeah. somebody got like arrested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, the question I did have was what is, what does success look like for you? What is the um... success to me? Like, what is it? What do I want? So, yeah, so say your average day, you know, what is your successful, what is your dream job, what does your perfect day look like? Um, My perfect day, ideally I want to get up early and stay up early and, I mean, stay up late. And in between all that, I just want to do, I want to help as many people as I can, help myself as much as I can check up on friends, check up on family, and just be, like, as productive as I can, but, like, in all aspects. So, you know, I touch, every day I kind of touch on, I touch on videos, I touch on the scooter, touch on the water bottle flips, touch on the bike, touch on mental health, touch on physical health. I kind of touch up on a little bit of everything that ensures that, like, I'm moving forward and that my peers are moving forward and that my family's moving forward. So I always try to, like, call my close friends, talk to myself, call my family members and I just try to like everything that like I do I just try to touch like as many aspects as I can on it and just try to consistently improve with like everything that I do that's why like on my Instagram you might see me post something party related but then like something on the scooter and then like a bottle flip because I'm trying to just perfect everything that I do at the same time so like an ideal day would literally just be me waking up around six or seven in the morning doing what I do all day long while still keeping family, friends, and other people in perspective, and then staying up late, continuing doing what I got to do, and just repeat it. That's hard. Would you say you're there now? What? Would you say you're there now? Um, Because what you just explained sounds like exactly what you're doing. It's it's what I'm doing, but there, you know, I still kind of like, I still want more, you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, But yeah, that's that's what I try to do, and that's what I'm going to try to continually do. Um, But like I said, I would love to... I would love to get up earlier and I would love to touch on some of those aspects a little bit more. I feel like I don't t- touch on the bike as much as I should. I feel like I don't touch on the scooter as much as I should. Um, and I feel like I don't go in depth on all that stuff as much as I should. Like I feel like with video editing, I need to um, expand a little bit more and try new techniques. I feel like with everything I need to do, I just need to expand it a little bit more. So it is what I'm doing right now, but I want to make it all more. Take good. it to the next level. Yeah, take all that stuff into the next level. So if, if right now I'm biking an hour a day, I want to make sure I'm biking two hours a day. You know, And if right now I'm filming with this camera every day, I want to get a new camera and switch it up. So it seems like you have the mentality of never being satisfied, so you're always progressing. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah, that's and good sometimes, it can, sometimes it can hurt you, but that's why I always make room for... Um, you know, mental and physical health, right. and check up on my family members and my friends so I can always keep 
myself in perspective and make sure mm-hmm. that I'm not like damaging myself by not being satisfied. Did you read that article that came out from uh, Medium about Scat? Yeah. yeah. And I think it was like interesting that they touched on like the aspect of like people not sleeping. And it's yeah. like, it is something that's glorified so far in like in terms of being an artist, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you don't sleep or sleep when you're dead type shit. But I think like in real life, like you have to sleep and take care of yourself while still maintaining like being creative and doing the shit that you want to do because like you can't do it if you're not getting the proper rest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I yeah, and I, I definitely am never satisfied and like sometimes it kinda like can get kinda crazy because I always wanna continually do stuff. But that's mm-hmm. why I've forced myself to make room in my day to where I literally check up on myself and make right. sure that like even though I'm moving really fast, I make sure there becomes a point where like I hit a speed bump, slow down for a little bit, and I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, am I, am I, you know, am I moving forward? Am I, am I doing what I need to do? And, right. I, and I minimize some things over the others, and I certain things that maybe are damaging me, like if I'm not eating the right way, I'll kind of switch that up. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I try to find a balance to where I'm never satisfied, but I'm also like never hurting myself. Right. You know. That's dope, man. So where can people find you at? Um. Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, Instagram, just Gentry Jefferson. Um, I'm on Facebook, Gentry Jefferson. I think Twitter, I'm the 270 Montage. And then Snapchat, Gentry123. Um, Do you have a separate uh, page for 270 and yourself on YouTube? Yeah, I haven't been as active on the 270 Instagram as much recently, but I have on YouTube the 270 Montage. And then um, same thing for my website. We have clothing on there and stuff like that too. I mean, if you just look up, the 270 Montage or Gentry Jefferson, you'll be able to find like most of the links. All right. Well, I want to uh, thank you for coming down to I the podcast. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what Global has yeah, in store this time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this is Fresh Start Radio. I want to thank everybody for tuning in again for another week. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. And Have a good day. Thanks. (laughs) That was good, man. Sweet.